Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. We will get to a couple more of your texts on Yes, the Pull Your Army momentarily. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltoff will take care of you at Roos Chris. They are open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. Just before we go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, uh, we'll take this opportunity right now. Uh, of course, yes, Yesterday, we got the verdict on the uh, Derek uh, Chauvin trial, and uh, he was convicted on three separate counts involving the murder of George Floyd. And Darnell was asked uh, his thoughts uh, about what transpired uh, as a result of the verdict yesterday. From, for myself, it's kind of been a, uh, a question I'm trying to, try to tackle myself and see how I can help. I mean, when you, you look around the world, I think just equal representation um i think you know you you look in in workplaces workplaces around the world i i feel like if you're if you're the times of of being a candidate and being qualified to be in the position or role no matter where uh where it is within business within sports i think the it's come to a point where you know skin color and, and 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 the look of someone needs to become obsolete and it needs to become you know to the point where, you know, we're all treated on, a, on an equal on an equal playing field. So that's for me. I think that's that's one of the first steps. Uh, something that is is much easier said than done. Um, but like I said, yesterday was a, was a, a step in the right direction. Um, and you know, it can't be it can't be a, uh, a sense of contentment. It's, uh, it's, now we just need to continue to push forward. All right, that's uh, Darnell Nurse. Uh, and again, speaking just in terms about uh, people being treated uh, with equality and dignity. And of course, uh, I think that uh, there's been a significant and concerted efforts in uh, various different parts of the world to ensure that sort of thing happens. And, uh, you know, I think people are really open to that. I think that's a given, and I don't think anybody thought uh, what occurred in Minneapolis uh, was for uh, one second acceptable. And as somebody who does know a fair amount of police officers right now, um, the ones I know were disgusted uh, by what had occurred and felt that uh, the ultimate conviction uh, in the jury's decision uh, was the appropriate one and then into the further conversation about equality and those sort of things. I, I think we're headed down that path 
and the need to continue to uh, uh, continue to make that uh, sort of thing happen. So it's pretty interesting stuff there. Um, Again, you can text us, Brendan. Just let me know when we got uh, John Shannon hooked up. He had to delay for a couple minutes here. Uh, Jane, you've got uh, John right now, do you? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, we have had a response. Um, just uh, Robin Lehner uh, has been vo- – Robin Lehner is never one to shy away from uh, putting his comments out there. And, again, this uh, this is – well, it, in this day and age, it's become a story on another level. But uh, Lehner is saying, uh, you know – there's a little bit of exasperation and frustration with what's going on. Robin Lane are very upset at Jesse Granger saying, we are vaccinated and we are still trapped in a prison. That one coming and uh, the response for your... Uh, James is Robin Lehner is uh, smoking something illegal. It takes 10 to 14 days after each vaccination for the body to develop the antibodies for COVID-19. So it's all about perspectives, I guess, in terms of, and we don't know how long ago they got vaccinated. We two separate topics and who better to talk about that sort of stuff than our NHL insider, John Shannon for legacy eating and cooling. John, how are you doing? Good, Bob. Just don't call us not your resident virologist, okay? I don't want to be known as the resident virologist. There we go. Yeah. No, I, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I play one on TV. Uh, so, right. <laughs> remember that commercial back in the 80s? Sure. Was, sure. No, I, but, I did, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. There you go. That was uh, John, yes, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling with no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. Uh, that's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, Darnell Nurse, we just ran a clip of him about speaking about equality and equity and that sort of thing. And, and Hey, we got, we're not perfect in Canada. I think we know that. we got lots to work on in our own country on a multitude of different fronts. Um, I do think that uh, you saw the the appropriate response from the various major professional uh, sports leagues on the Chauvin verdict yesterday. Do you not agree? Yes. I, you know, and I, I, I think... What we've learned in the last 24 months, Bob, is that uh, uh, the world that you and I grew up in, where there was a complete separation of sports and politics, has disappeared. Right. Uh, and and and, there, and there's now an expectation that it's disappeared. Uh, there, you know, I mean, how many times over the last, gosh, 60 years have we said, well, why don't the Olympics take a stand? And they have never taken a stand. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, major professional sports in, in, in our two countries, uh, plus the teams in the countries, have become uh, vocal supporters of diversity and human rights um, is, is a positive, I think. And, and it's human, in, in many ways, it humanizes the people that are in the game and, and I think that in many ways makes them much more appealing. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because on Monday we spoke about the Super League. That ended in a hurry. And oh, the. Oh. The reoccurring theme on that was the how incredibly tone deaf several of the uh, the higher end uh, money men were that uh, collaborated to ensure that uh, you know the English six and uh, twelve of uh, you know the most powerful sports organizations in the world would be guaranteed to play in a super league without earning their way in, which is against the ethos of how a lot of people see European soccer and the. Um, the response, John, was—I mean, the fan—and and to me, it was—it was real. And of course, you mentioned the fact that you can't do that in North American sports because you can't just go off and form your own separate league. But that was quite the response. Do you not agree from uh, European soccer fans, specifically in England? 
Well, it, what what amazed me was, um, in addition to the players and the coaches of of teams, it was the fans of the teams that were going to jump uh, and get out of Champions League and and create their own Super League. It was the fans of, of Chelsea and Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, that to me was um, the fascination uh, of the moment to say that here we are. We could we could create our own platform. But no, no, we we like the way it is. We want to we want to have our regular routine of playing our league games and then playing in, within Champions League. Uh, I, I thought that uh, that part was phenomenal, and I really do think the pushback, particularly of the six teams in the Premier League, were based on their own play, their own fans not liking it, and and how important that was to the. The future of the game, not necessarily just in, in, in the UK or in Europe, but all over the world. And you know what, John? We had a game the other night. The building would have been rocking. I mean, it was an awesome game. The teams were hammering the crap out of each other. You know, Montreal came out, bam! And then the Oilers turned around, and the Oilers started smoking them back. And, you know, Dreisaitl was, you know, doing the Mark Messi, protect, protecting himself, and Josh Anderson went around him. The, and the only thing missing that night, there was one thing. We got robbed of an incredible in-game experience because we had no fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, they're a mammoth part of the game. Well, listen, uh, I, to me, in the last few nights in the National Hockey League, and I agree with you completely, with particularly with that third period that, that, that the Oilers and, and Connor put on, but we, we've been robbed of, of three great events in the last little while. Uh, I, I think that Vancouver-Toronto game Sunday night was storybook stuff. Uh, it was human. It was compassionate, uh, and it was a damn good hockey game. Uh, the Oiler game, and then what happened with Patrick Marlowe at the same time as the Oilers were playing, and and the fact that Marlowe passed Gordie Howe for uh, the most games played by a player in the National Hockey League. Those were nights that, in the old days, I hate to say it, in the old days, 24 months ago, um, we would have reveled in for three or four days. But because nobody was there, because we didn't hear the ovations, because there wasn't that bond between players and fans, uh, we, we missed something. We're joined by John Shannon, our NHL insider, no question about it. All right, let's get to uh, what occurred. Connor McDavid completely took that game over, didn't he? He did, but he had help. And I think that that, to me, is the positive. Uh, just like he had help in Winnipeg on Saturday night. Yep. You know, yes, he pulled Yarvey. I think those back-to-back maybe his two best games of the season uh, with some continuity. Yamamoto um, may not have got on the scoreboard, but Yamamoto was fully engaged, something we haven't seen in, what, four, four or five weeks, Bob? Maybe. Uh, as, as great as Connor was, and he was spectacular, he wasn't alone in doing it. I mean, Ethan Bear's contribution alone on the one goal uh, speaks to this being a team sport. Because we've seen Connor have great nights and the team fall short because he hasn't had much support. Well, he had a ton of support uh, on Saturday and he had a ton of support again, particularly in the third period on Monday. And, and uh, in talking to a couple people in the organization, just commenting on the games, that was the ringing endorsement of it was a full team effort. There were no passengers on the boat this time. 
And that's got to be uh, really, really satisfying for Dave Tippett and his coaching staff. You know what's interesting is just yes, a pole, Yarvey. I mean, here, these, oh. what a peg in Montreal. I mean, I asked the question to our listeners, has he exceeded expectations? And, I mean, I think it's a given that he has. And the, I mean, he's still only 22, but he is 6'4", he is 210. He plays in straight lines. I mean, he absolutely, in football, the term would have been depleted, depleted uh, Tomas Tatar on the on the turnover that led to the McDavid splitting. I mean, it was a great play by McDavid, but it was a huge hit. You know, he helps, he helps set up the first goal on the cycle, and then he finishes off the third one with an elite-level finish. Oilers fans should be pretty excited, shouldn't they? I mean, where Paul Yarby's going. And, John, I didn't see this coming. I don't know about you. Well, we knew he had the body. We had the body when he was here the last time. Um, uh, and but and, and in my opinion, and maybe maybe this is a red herring, but I don't think it is. I don't think enough's been made of the surgery he had at the end of the season before he went home. You know that last uh, half of the season he played here the first time around, he played in pain. The double hip surgery has made a difference. Going home to Finland, he's grown up a bit. This is not about the physical nature of the game for Pujarvi. This is about the mental game for the day, for him. Uh, and and he the other thing and and uh, is that he's been made felt much more welcome in this dressing room now, and that's important. You know that's where you remember that he is just 22, um, but and the, and he is just human. He's a he's a, a big young guy. And you have to feel welcome. And I think the Oilers players have done a magnificent job right from training camp of making sure that Pugliarvi feels part of the team. And I think there were times the first time around he didn't feel part of the team. By the way, when you look at, when you look at what Pugliarvi's done, let's just remind everybody that the, you know Patrick Laine has 10 goals. Patrick Laine was supposed to be better than Jesse Pugliarvi this year. Uh, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, who is a very good player, only has eight. Well, when you look at the top four players taken in that draft, Austin Matthews obviously has got, what, 32, yeah. 33? Yeah. Um, and, and then of the top four, then yes is next of those, of those four guys. And, boy, what a difference that makes. And you can just see it on his face every time he has the puck on his stick. Yeah, it's uh, and and again, John, I just want to see where he can get to by twenty four, twenty five, because he's there's there's some there's been some growth there as a player. Some people, John, have said, you know, Stauffer, you bring up the agents too much. I think Edmonton caught a break when Acme World Sport merged into Wasserman. Marcus Leto ends up working with Jeff Jackson. Jeff Jackson's got Connor McDavid. I wonder wow. whether I wonder whether or not that might have helped out a bit in terms of soothing the relationships a bit. Obviously, a mature general manager at Ken Holland, you know, does a does an inexperienced GM come in and trade him, trade Pulleyarvey, and Holland just played, outweighed the situation. Yeah, but let's. Be, I think we have to be practical about it too, Bob. This was a, a second marriage by necessity. Um, you know, with the cap issues that Kenny had uh, as the season started. Um, and, you know, there were people that wanted Pugliarvi. Make no mistake about it. There were teams trying to come in and rob the Oilers of Jesse Pugliarvi because they saw something in him. Um, you know, it, as much as the, the agent side is really important, I think the fact that you had Ken Holland and, and he needed to see firsthand and he, it needed to be his judgment about what Pugliarvi was that brought Pugliarvi back on a, uh, on a, on a team-friendly deal. 
that made a ton of sense, you know, and, and so, so you're right. Agents changing, yes, makes sense. Kenny Holland being here makes more sense. All right, quick text from Andrew Cito on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Out of one of your favorite communities, I think you disappeared there for a couple of years because you wanted to avoid the Vietnam War. From Nelson, British Columbia, Andrew Cito says, I don't think I would trade Line 8 this time for Paul Yarby. I think Paul Yarby has more potential. You know, he goes, I think that Paul Yarby has potential to be a better all-around player, and he's got a great attitude. Line 8. Uh, is the type that seems to come across with a poor attitude, and I see Paul Yarvey in time surpassing him as a player. What do you think? So, John, what say you on that? I'm not trading Paul Yarvey for anybody right now. You know, just because I think of uh, not only of what he's done, but but what the potential upside is. Uh, and and listen, how how many times have we wondered? since uh, 97 showed up, he's got to have somebody really good on the right side. He's got to have somebody on the right side. Where's that guy on the right side? I mean, this is a given now. For Yarvey and McDavid, they might be more married together, in my opinion, than, than McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, and it, and, but I've never, you know, the, the thing that I, I, I'm always amazed at with Poyarvi, um is is his size. He's a massive body. I mean, look what he did on the, on Connor's goal in the third period. Sure, I think I was Nick Suzuki, right? Tatar. Um, oh, Thomas Tatar. Okay. I mean, look yep. what he did. And I mean, it was and it, it it wasn't vicious. It was a good, simple, physical play. And wow, what a difference it made to separate the player from the puck. That's what you're supposed to do all the time. And if this guy can manage to improve doing that, and and you know, learn. Uh, yes, he's got to learn to be a little meaner, in my opinion. You know, he's too nice a guy still, but that will come. He's, once he learns how to be really mean, I think that this guy has, has a huge, huge upside. Patrick Laine scored 110 goals in his first three years in the NHL, but he went minus 24 yeah. his third year in Winnipeg, and we started to hear some rumblings. Uh, since going to Columbus, he's got 10 goals, 17 points in 38 games. They're minus 23. By the way, i got to ask you this. Uh, he's not the only guy that's come new in Columbus. And is like is is that John, like is Tortorella done at the end of the year? Do you think? And conversely, Max Domi, healthy scratch. Like, would they flip Max? What do you think's going on there, John? Um, uh, that's an interesting one. First of all, John Tortorella's contract is up. Um, uh, I think John is going to have to decide whether he wants to coach again. I think that'll be part of the equation. I do think that Yarmo will want him to coach again. You know, the amazing thing is is that any player, most players, now any is not fair, most players that come out of Columbus rave about this guy and love playing for this guy. Daniel and Henrik Sedin loved playing for him. Uh, we had uh, Nick Foligno on the podcast with Bob McCowan earlier in the week. He could not say enough things with, about John Tortorella and, and said he would play for John T- Tortorella any day of the week for the rest of his life. He loves him so much. Um, you get you get the real deal from Tortorella. The problem is is that some people expect to be treated differently. John doesn't treat people differently. He has a code. He believes in the code, and you deal with it. What Max Domi's done, and I, I you know, and, and John's by John's coaching for next year, by the way, in my opinion, trying to instill things in players. Max Domi's had two games recently where he's made two stupid emotional mistakes. 
After the first one, he admitted it was an emotional mistake and said it would never happen again. Four days later, it happened again. Now, and John, John Tortorella, in many ways, has no choice of, of how to manage it. And he's trying to make, believe it or not, he's trying to make Max Domi a better person and a better player. And the question will be is whether Max Domi understands that or not. And guys like Patrick Laine, whether they understand that or not. John, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here at Oilers Now. We'll hook up next week. Yes, sir. See a lot of Latin for me. Ah, absolutely. Uh, that is John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Cooling and Heating. Uh, we will uh, tell you at this time, by the way, just a quick text here from Haas. We were talking about Patrick Laine. He says, Bob, Paul Yarby is already a better all-around player than Patrick Laine. Just saying that right here, right now. Well, uh, Laine with a team worse, minus 23 in Columbus since going there. Minus 24 a couple of years ago with the Jets. Sometimes, uh, the advanced analytics guys don't like, uh, you know, just straight plus minus. When you've got a couple of years in a row like that, that's, it's like Yakupov when he was here. When he was in the minus thirties, it was telling part of the story. We'll take a quick time out. It's 1254 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, I'm James Neal from Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Could see James Neal back in the lineup today. Uh, Joachim Nygaard missed the last two optional skates. Odd for a guy playing 837 per game and just getting back in the lineup himself. And you wonder, based upon the fact that Neal was the first of the taxi squad guys uh, to be off the ice, whether or not he has a chance to end up playing. I guess it could go 7D, too. Let's go to the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad's Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, uh, arguably the probably the best football player University of Alberta produced over the course of the last 30 years. Ended up being a multi-time CFL All-Star at safety. Won a great cup uh, with the Edmonton, then Edmonton Eskimos as well. Hopefully they are able to get their season off. It'll sound like they got some good news today and uh, looking for a little bit later great cup than normal. All right, so uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins appears good to go. Obviously, Jujar Caro will not play. Um, We'll wait to see what's up on Nygaard. Chance he isn't in as well. For the Canadians, Carey Price is on... Uh, right now out in concussion protocol and uh, Brendan Gallagher out of lineup after breaking his thumb after getting hit with a shot. Canadians, by the way, 27, 40 and 5 without him in the lineup. That's a 4 10 win percentage. Mr. Escott, what else you got around the league? Well, I can tell you after that Canucks game last night, Leafs defenseman Zach Bogosian had to leave an upper body injury. He fell hard and awkward into the end boards, did not return. Antoine Roussel also left that game grabbing his knee. He did not return either. And then uh, south of the border, Miko Rantanen and P.K. Subban both added to their uh, respective teams' COVID-19 lists. There you go. Uh, again, that's our Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back from the cult of hockey, David Staples. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.